Hi, everyone. You don't know piety until you really get to know him. <clears throat> I was intrigued by the comment of the Rebbe who started a conversation with that phrase in praise of the yeshiva's mashgiach. After all, I was raised to think highly of the intellectual prowess and the articulation skills of this particular Rebbe and to think that he considered the mashgiach a man of true, tr true tzitkas raised the esteem of the mashgiach in my eyes. But I was left wondering, what exactly was it about the mashgiach that exemplified his tzitkas? How exactly did the Rebbe know that the mashgiach was a pious individual? And so, with a little bit of chutzpah, I just asked him. Let's put it this way, he said. <clears throat> when you or I get a headache, or just don't feel well, we go to the medicine cabinet, and we take a Tylenol or an Advil. But the mashgiach, if he allowed himself to succumb to a headache, is from a group that opens it to Hillim and davens to Hashem until the headache and whatever stress caused by it disappears. I was thinking about that conversation and about that mashgiach this week. He must have gotten that immediate nature from his mother, our common mother, Rivka Imenu. You see, in this week's Parsha, we read about Rivka's struggles with infertility. We then read of Hashem's chesed in providing her and Yitzchak with a pregnancy, but it was a rocky one. The children rumbled inside of her. Rashi cites the Medrash that when she passed by the holy yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, Rivka experienced a rumbling as if the child recognized the place and wanted to go run into it. But when she passed a building that housed Avodah Zarah or a house of ill repute, again that rumbling returned, as if the child recognized that and that it wanted to enter that place as well. I've never experienced the rumbling of pregnancy firsthand, but I'm told it's quite intense. And it was no less for Rivka. But the mashkiach that my Rebbe described at the time spoke about, Rivka handles the situation in a fascinating way. The Torah tells us, Rivka said that if this is going to be the case, then what's going on with me? And she sought out to speak to Hashem. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm a big believer in tefillah. I even might be what you call a minion maniac a person who loves to go to shul and daven with a minion. But frankly, when I'm not feeling well, whether a healthy perspective or not, my first turn is not to shul. In fact, in the post-COVID-19 world, we tell our fellow Jews to please not to come to shul if they're not well, lest they infect others with whatever virus they have. So why does Rivka go to seek Hashem because of her morning sickness? Why didn't she just seek medicinal relief? But bigger than that issue, why does Rivka blame herself because of her illness? She uses the phrase Loma Anochi, as if a rumbling in her illness are all about her worldview and perspective. It seems, it seems almost melodramatic for her to give up and begin questioning her, her entire life just because she's not well with morning sickness and connected to pregnancy. Wouldn't you agree? You know, at a wedding earlier this week, I had a chance to speak to Rabbi Sion Tversky Shlita, and he referenced a comment from the Imre Noam on Parshas Bracious, which I believe sh sheds light on Rivka and her actions. You see, according to the Imre Noam, there's a Pasuk in Parshas Bracious that seems out of place. After describing how Adam HaRishon was lonely in his created matchless form, and after Hashem created Chava from the rib of Adam, the Torah states, Al therefore man shall leave his father and his mother and stick to his wife. Now, technically, the context is strange. Adam had no parents. 
And so whence do we find a proof from here that a man should leave his parents? And why must he do so? What's wrong with having relationships with parents and a spouse? They may no one explained, Rotorsky told me, that the Torah is not commenting on leaving parents, but rather leaving preconceived notions of life. Imre Noam explains that Av doesn't refer to the traditional biological father, but rather to our original plans and desires. Aim doesn't refer to mothers, but rather about our doubts about the future, like in the word im. And so according to the Imre Noam, human beings tend to make decisions in life based on their original plans and their worries about the future. And frankly, when that works out, great. However, when our best laid plans do not seem to come to fruition, and our worries of what we're gonna do now set in, we can easily become stymied and traumatized, and we aren't able to advise ourselves on the best course of action. And so in these moments to rely on ourselves is really to rely on a thinking system that's stuck in the mud and not gonna assess properly. The Noam says that at these moments, it's more crucial for a person to dive into Hashem for guidance, to see beyond the doubts and the misgivings. And so therefore it says to stick to your wife, and so again, in his Hasidic style, the Imre Noam notes that the word ishto refers to the phrase we use before Shemona Esrei, Hashem with the Aleph, Adon, Sifasai, the Shin, Tiftach, the Taf, Ufi, the Vav, that Hashem should open my lips and let my mouth sing and say his praises, the praises of prayer. In other words, in our moments of doubt, misery, and uncertainty, turning to Hashem and asking him to help open our eyes is the way that we begin to move forward. The Rebbe added that he thought this is what happened with Queen Esther, who recognized as one who had no mother or father. He said maybe that's how she was supposed to be able to handle the major choices facing the Jews in her day, and how he was, she was able to open her eyes, her mouth, and her heart to listening to Hashem's plan, which brought out the salvation for the entire Jewish nation. And I thought that Esther might have learned the Imre Noam's lesson from Rivka Imenu. You know, sometimes we hope and plan for something in our lives and it seems to be eluding us. Sometimes we thought we'd be doing something else or living or working or visiting or studying somewhere else beyond the reality of the moment. And we discover that our best laid plans are not what Hashem had in store for us. Rivka Imenu teaches us to not get lost in trying to make sense of the if onlys in life. In the moments of her greatest dreams for the future seed of her union with Yitzchak, a union that came with a bracha from Hashem directly, it seems as if her hopes were being dashed and crushed by the confusion of that very seed. And rather than give up, she questioned why she needed to figure it out on her own. Why do we have to do it alone as an individual? And taught us what we're supposed to do, to seek guidance from Hashem. And that, I believe, is the piety my Rebbe wanted me to see in the Mashkiach. Yes, when he has strep, he probably took antibiotics, and when he had a broken leg, the mashkiach probably got a cast. But it wasn't the cast or the antibiotic that got him well. It was the ability to seek what Hashem wanted from him at each and every moment of his life that highlighted his piety, like Esther and Rivka, the Nashim Tzidkanios before him. We live in times where there's a lot of uncertainty that exists. And if we want to experience those same Yeshuos v'nechamot, those, those same proper opportunities, for nechama, for consolation, but also salvation. It involves each and every one of us recognizing that he alone is guiding each and every step. And so our best course of action is with Davak, to stick to him. Hashem open our lips and let our mouths 
speak your praises because we know it's to you that we can make all our requests and hopefully get the guidance that we need, even in the most tumultuous of times. Wishing you, your all loved ones, all Achinu B'nai Yisrael, especially in Eretz Yisrael, but all of Am Yisrael as well, a Shabbat Shalom to 